Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Something really amazing happened while I was out of town shooting a project a couple months ago. Bear with me since I can't give exact details because it hasn't aired yet. So I was really struggling on this shoot and having a hard time being away from home. One day, on my daily morning walk, I decided to talk to my great-grandma, Lola B.I. I had been thinking about her because that day was her death anniversary. So I told her how I was feeling, and if she could send me some kind of sign that everything will be okay, I would appreciate it. In my mind's eye, I immediately saw the image of a red rose. Usually when I ask for signs, I go with the first thing that pops into my head. So a red rose it was. When I got back to my hotel room, I gave myself a tarot and oracle reading. The very last card I pulled had the image of a knight with a message be brave. It's exactly what I needed to see. But in the card behind the night was a red rose. I told my Lola thank you, and I got ready for my day. Later that night, we were shooting in a very dark and heavy location. I can't say specifically where we were, but it was not a happy place. My heart was racing, and my hands were sweating as we walked through the building headed towards a particular room that we'd be doing our investigation in. When we found it, everyone else on the team felt nauseous and sick. They asked how I felt, and I was honestly fine. With my camera in hand, I scanned the room, and I stopped when I looked to the right. There, on the wall, was a drawing of a red rose. I was immediately hit with a rush of warmth. Of all the rooms, of all the things that could have been drawn, there was a red rose in the very room that I needed protection the most. Seeing that drawing was exactly what I needed to feel empowered enough to finish filming. The paranormal isn't always creepy ghosts or malicious demons. There are also beautiful moments like this. Today's episode is about people who have also found light among the shadows. First, I speak with Ivatree's Littles, a woman who found healing through horror movies. Then, I narrate a story about a young woman who lost her mother. And finally, I speak with Ara Velarde, who shares the time she was visited by a saint. Chapter 1. Healing with Horror. 
Hi, my name is Ivatrice Littles, and I'm from Long Beach, California. I found Ivatrice while doing my usual scouring of Instagram for interesting horror creators to follow. And actually, it's so, this is so embarrassing. I saw you had a post about 13 ghosts, and I was like, mm-hmm. I need a DM. Because <laughs> that's like my favorite movie. <laughs> Iva Trees is the creator of Horror Movies and Beyond, where she interviews filmmakers about their creative process and provides positivity in the horror space. We'll talk more about her work and why she's known as the Oprah of Horror after she shares some of the strange paranormal events that have occurred in her life. Um, The first weird experience was after my dad died. He died in 87, um, probably a month before my birthday. And he, he was murdered by my sister, who was the one that's into the Ouija board and stuff like that. So I was there in the house when he died. And after his funeral, um, I was still with my sister. So that's a story in itself of how did, you know, that happened. But um, one night I woke up and there was like candles burning and just like, I can hear weird noises. And so I was around six and a half years old when he passed away. So everything that I'm saying, I'm remembering as a six year old, seven year old, Um, things could have shifted and changed. I just want to put out that because, you know, try if I was 15 and remember that's kind of concrete details, but these like a seven year old who just went to a trauma watching my dad die. So um, my, I can hear when I woke up, there was weird noises and the door was cracked. So our bedroom, um, you could see my parents' room and the, the door was at the end of the bed and I got up, but before I can go out the room, I heard my sister like running down the hallway and we kind of had a long hallway and I kind of jumped back into bed cause it scared me. And she just ran in there and said, he's trying to kill me. He's trying to kill me. All I knew, it was her and me in the house. And my sister was about seven years older than me. She said, he's trying to kill me. He's trying to kill me. And I was like, I, you know, who's in the house? So she started trying to close the door and it didn't close. The door was about a foot open and I didn't see anything. And I thought she was joking. But when I got out of the bed and looked, that she was pushing like with all her might she even put her feet on the dresser like she was trying to close it and I was like I don't see anything and she just kept screaming he's trying to kill me he's trying to come and get me and I got out of bed and walked to the door and I just kept screaming to my sister you're scaring me there's nothing here and so I put my arm in the door with it cracked and I was just moving it up and down and, and she was like, he's in the house, he's in the house. And I was just like, there's nothing here. And I was showing her. But when I lift my arm away, the door slammed. So that, I didn't physically see anything, but that door would not shut. And the person that she was talking about was my dad because she was the one that killed him. That is one of the most spookiest things um, that I remember that I saw that happened to my sister and I. I've heard stories of doors being held closed or opened by unseen forces. Doorways let things in or out, which is why there are several superstitions surrounding them. I do find it fascinating that the force stopped pushing back when Ivatrice pulled her hand out. 
Maybe her innocent energy was enough to stop it. I, I'm the, it feels like I'm the only one that can't see nothing. And I heard there's a reason for that. So I've always felt a similar way, that I was one of the few members of my family who didn't have the ability to see spirits. And now that I'm having paranormal experiences, I understand that I needed to be ready. And I definitely was not as a kid. Maybe Ivatrice is being protected right now because paranormal activity might distract her from her destiny, a destiny that was predicted by a witch. Like I said, my mom was very into the whole, you know, superstition. I'm not saying she was a voodoo priest, but <laughs> she, she knew, knew people, understand it, and was very scared of it. And my mom was really into, you know, tarot cards and stuff like that. So she visited a, a witch. It was like a Wicca place. Uh, it was like, a, uh, I think she was a witch. She was an older woman that lived, uh, worked there at the time. This was early 80s. I believe it was just after she met my dad or before. And there were three things this lady told my mom. And it scared her. One, someone she loved, uh, a man, um, her husband is going to perish in um, a very horrible way. And the second one, that her fortune will probably kind of diminish or go away. Because my mom was very smart. She was like the top at her hospital. She was a registered nurse, psych unit nurse, um, head of psych. My mom was valedictorian. Everything was going for her. Back then, my mom was making six figures in the 80s. That is like... <laughs> million dollars back then. Um, so she had everything going for her and she came from a very poor family. And so for this lady to tell her, my mom was like, okay, this lady's crazy. And the last thing her daughter, one of her daughters was going to be famous or well-known. And at the time, my sister was a very athletic. I have three sisters. Um, one of them was very athletic. Um, she won every award you could think of. She played the drums, keyboard. She was very talented. And then it was me. All I did was draw. <laughs> That's about it. So things started to unfold itself over the years. Um, my dad, he was murdered by my sister who was into all of that stuff, uh, very athletic, whatever. And then my mom fortune began to deteriorate to my mom started doing drugs and she lost everything. She had a stroke. It was just horrible. And then the last one, my mom told me about it when I was about 16 years old. So I, I, I just like, Oh, it's not me. Why would you tell me? Because her favorite daughter, she's done music and everything. And then, um, that didn't fall through. And then there was me. <laughs> and where I am right now, I'm really working hard on horror and stuff like that. And people starting to know me. So I'm not saying that it's, you know, I'm going to be well known and famous, but I was one of the kids that kind of swept under the rug. My mom really didn't want kids. Yeah. So that happened. And it, it's really interesting how everyone focused on the sister's that they believe they would do everything and just kind of pushed me away, which led to abuse and things like that. So now here I am right now, be doing what I love. So, yeah. If the witch was right about her mom and her dad and seeing how dedicated Ivatrice is to her content, 
I believe that the witch was indeed saying that Iva Trees would become well-known. Iva Trees has been called the Oprah of horror, and it could not be a more accurate description. She not only discusses horror movies, but uses her platform to uplift others, just as horror has done for her. I love horror. As a kid, you're scared, you you know, under the covers. But as an adult, you understand the stories and why it's important, why they're scary. I start analyzing them. And I, I've learned so much about myself. I learned so much about film, the tears, the, the hard work, the happiness. I think that's what's important for people to understand where horror comes from. So that's kind of what I, I push and also throw in a little bit of uh, inspirational because my story growing up was not great. Um, there was a lot of abuse. There were a lot of hateful things towards me, hateful things that I've heard. But I always found comfort in watching films. And most of the time it was horror. So I really try to push that into what I'm doing. And that's kind of where the whole Oprah of horror came from. (laughs) Um, The Conjuring is one of my top favorite horror films. And and I cry every time this scene, (laughs) no matter how hard I try, I cry. But the scene where the mom is possessed by Bathsheba and she's under the house, her husband's trying to get to her. Everybody's trying to get to her. And Lorraine was the only one that was able to put her hand on her head and um, say, you said they mean the world to you, you know, and it gave her the image of happiness. And, and that's an important scene, you know, when she gave her that, that image of being happy and loving her daughters and family. And, you know, you don't want to lose that. That's what she was trying to tell her. And so that the symbolism there, you know, I saw that in my life, like I was going through so much in a dark place where I thought about harming myself and stress and depression. And that right there is like, I worked so hard and you can see through the film, she was working so hard to keep the family together and to let this entity take over and destroy everything just like that in a matter of days, maybe weeks months or something she had her whole life of loving her girls and her husband. And I think she, Lorraine didn't do anything special. She was showing her what she would, she would lose. And that to me, (laughs) and that to me, okay. And that to me is something that I've experienced, just everything going so badly, so wrong, just, Um, horror saved me because it's something that I could use to give me strength. And I think a lot of people have told me that have seen something like that. So for me, the conjuring was that like I was being possessed by this dark place. And I had to realize of all the accomplishments I've done up to this point, why would I let that go for something that's so temporary? And, And that I believe a lot of people see that in horror. Iva Trees was such a delight to speak with and truly a radiant human being. So show her some love and follow her and horror movies and beyond on all platforms. And let's show her that the witch's prediction has been true all along. I don't want nobody to think, oh, she's just trying to look for empathy, sympathy or whatever. I lived the life. I've already been through it. But I'm, I'm hoping my story will help someone 
achieve their dreams, get out of whatever they're in, to keep going and believe they could do anything. So find love in yourself, love yourself, do what's best for you, but always be aware of those around you because what you do affects everyone. It always will. Okay, I'm not gonna keep talking. <laughs> the stories continue after the break. Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the stories continue. Chapter 2. Who Are the Shadows? Submitted by Anonymous. Hi, Sapphire. I've been listening to you for years. I've listened to you tell so many different stories from so many different backgrounds. You've told a couple Hmong stories here and there. Hopefully one day, I can write out some of our Hmong folklore. Today... I'm telling my own story, in which I would like to remain anonymous, but I will refer to myself as Mary. For some background to the story, I've always been somewhat sensitive. I've had some predictive dreams in the past. Back in May of 2021, my mom passed away from COVID-19. It was really sad. She wasn't even 45 years old. My mom's death really messed with me, and I know it affected the rest of my family, too, but I think I took it the hardest. I was one of my mom's two kids that she didn't get to see get married or have their first baby. Everyone at the funeral kept saying that to me. It left me with no comfort. Fast forward to the end of August, we did a ritual called Chapli, which translates to releasing the soul or spirit. My grandma told me why this was needed, but I can't remember. 
The day was emotional. This was the final goodbye to my mom. Everyone who attended the ritual knew my mom didn't want to leave, and we didn't want her to leave either. Fast forward to a week after the cha plea. I was at work, in the printer room, and out of the corner of my eyes, I saw a shadow move. It made me jump. I thought to myself, how peculiar. I went back to my desk, and I had one earphone in, listening to countdowns on YouTube. And then I heard someone say, Mary. I couldn't make out if this voice was feminine or masculine. All I knew was that someone called me. I turned around and looked up to see if it was one of my coworkers. It happened two more separate times. Mary. Mary. Then it stopped. A couple weeks later, I saw the same shadow and heard my name again. After I heard my name, I felt someone behind me. It felt like they were waiting for me to turn around, and they were trying not to interrupt my work. I turned around, but there was no one. Later that night, I still felt so uneasy that I felt like I had to call my dad. Hey dad, how are you doing? I'm good. What's wrong? Well, something weird has been happening to me. What do you mean? Well, lately I keep seeing shadows pass by in the corner of my eyes. I also heard someone calling my name. But today it was different. I felt someone standing right behind me. Do you feel scared when you see this? No. I don't feel anything. But it's weird. Do you think it's grandpa or grandma? If anything, it's your mom. I think it's her too, but I wasn't sure. Okay, well, if it's your mom doing this, go to her grave this weekend and tell her what you just told me. Tell her that if it's her, you don't like her doing that and to stop. That weekend, I went to the cemetery and I brought food for my mom, grandpa, and great-grandma. It's customary that you bring food every time you visit a loved one at the cemetery. We believe in feeding our dead. I set all the food on each of their headstones. I then proceeded to tell my mom everything and told her that I don't like her doing that and to stop it. After confronting my mom, nothing like that happened again. For a while. Fast forward to the present. One of my older sisters caught COVID-19, and within the first couple of days, she had little to no complications. I was in the printer room at work again, and this time, I saw another shadow. I didn't worry too much, as it could just be my eyes since I just got new glasses. I sat down at my desk, and a couple hours went by, and I heard my name again. Mary! Undeniably, I knew this was my mom. I knew she was trying to warn me about something. I then felt someone behind me turned around to nothing again. This time, my mom was really trying to get my attention, but I wasn't too sure if it was about my sister or other issues I had going on. As I drove home, I said loudly, Mom, are you trying to warn me about my sister or something else? Because if you are, I don't know what you're saying, Mom, and you have to give me a clearer sign. That night, I got home, and my sister told me she's really struggling with her breathing. So I told her to go to the hospital. That night, my sister was admitted. I then knew my mom was trying to tell me about my sister. At this time, I kept this information to myself to not stress out the rest of the family. 
A couple days ago, I had a dream that all of the shadows, name-calling, and feeling someone behind me was all her. In this dream, I went out to turn off my living room lights. I saw that my front door was slightly ajar. I went to close it, and it popped open again. I did this a couple more times, but I then saw a really clear reflection of myself through the peephole. In my dream, I thought this was weird. I kept trying to close the door, but this time, I saw my mom through the peephole. She looked like herself in an outfit she loved. I'm still trying to close the door, then finally it slammed open. There was my mom, standing at my front door. She walked in, and we had a short conversation, but the one thing I truly remember is what I asked next. Mom, are you the one who's been calling me? Yes, it's me. I woke up from a dead sleep, panting. Unsure what to do, I called my brother at 2 a.m., I told him everything. He then told me that it's just mom telling me not to be scared because it's only her. The next morning, I thought about the dream more and became confident it was my mom. After my mom passed, I did get a psychic reading, and the reader told me that my mom's death affected me energetically. She also mentioned that my third eye was opening, leading me to believe I may be more sensitive, and that's why my mom has been coming to me. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that my mom is the one who's been trying to talk to me. It gives me comfort in some way, knowing she's still here with me. Seeing shadows might terrify most people, but instead of ignoring them, Mary chose to figure out what they meant. And in the end, they were simply her mother trying to communicate. This story is another great example of how what might seem terrifying at first is actually completely harmless and that sometimes it's worth it to embrace the darkness. Chapter 3. St. Therese of Lesseaux. Uh, my name is Ara Velarde, and I'm originally from Orange County in Huntington Beach. You might remember Ara from Season 6, Episode 7, where she shares stories of meeting a mysterious woman on the highway and of dreaming of a hotel in the afterlife. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend doing so, as Ara has been one of my favorite guests. Today, she shares her favorite supernatural story for us. I'd have to say my most favorite is actually one that happened once I had left Catholicism, which was really hard for me to do. It was very difficult. I didn't have a bad experience with Catholicism. It wasn't shoved down my throat and it wasn't bad. It was something that growing up, I saw how it brought us together because my grandparents would do the rosary every night. And it just, it, it was just a good bond. So when I, when I decided to walk away from it, it really broke my heart and I was so torn. And, and, and a lot of that had to do be with the fact that I admired this one particular saint who had answered me in prayer when I was just a little girl and I never forgot it. 
and so I, I felt like I was betraying her. That particular saint is Saint Teresa of Lisieux, um, and she is a saint who she operates on very childlike ways, um, very innocent ways. And when she answers you, she gives you a rose or the smell of roses or the scent of a rose. So um, if you do her nine day divina, novena, that's basically what happens at the end of the novena, just to say that she has heard your prayers. So with that being in the back of my head, it was extremely hard, but I still, I still walked away and I went on my own path. And there was a point in my life in, I want to say the year 2000, where I had broken up with someone and it was such a devastating blow in my life. And I felt very, um, I was pretty depressed, just brokenhearted and so brokenhearted that I wanted relief from that broken heart. And so I took a chance and I prayed to her, even though I had already walked away, I prayed to her and and then on the ninth day of her novena, um, which happened to be November 1st, I was at work. We were so busy. But even in all that busyness, I still searched for her answer. Something of a rose. I, I was looking for it. The whole day passed into evening. I got home and I thought, okay, well, maybe there'll be something for me at home. Nothing. Uh, went to bed that night and thought, okay, well, maybe she'll come to me in my dreams. Woke up the next Saturday morning, nothing. And so I felt even more alone because I thought, wow, not even God is here, you know? And so basically what happened is I spent that entire whole day out with a cousin and was emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted after being out all day um, that Saturday. And when I got back home to uh, my townhouse, took a shower. At that time in my life, I had very long hair. And so after showering, I went downstairs and the TV was on and I was sitting there braiding my hair. Um, my townhome is a townhome that abuts a main road. So very busy. I never ever uh, opened the front door. Um, but this particular evening, well, while I was braiding my hair, all of a sudden, there was a loud knock at the front door. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I muted the TV right away because I'm a single. I was, I'm a single. And so I muted the TV right away and stared at the door and waited for the, like the ding dong, you know, because usually people will knock. And if you don't answer, then it's like ding dong or knock again. But there was nothing. And usually my MO as a single woman, you know, I've learned to just let things lie. And if someone left something for me, I'll pick it up in the morning. But for whatever reason, this particular night, my curiosity got the better of me. I went to the window. I peeked through the blinds. Can't see anything but bush. You know, there's just these bushes in front of the windows and all the cars driving by just taillights and headlights because it was already about seven o'clock in the evening. And so because I was so curious for whatever reason, I went to the kitchen and I got a knife <laughs> and I was going to open the front door, but I wanted to be prepared. So turned the porch light on, turned the foyer light on, swung the door open, had my knife in my hand and there was nothing there. 
And so I peeked my head out and looked in the bushes, nothing. And then looked down on the ground and my welcome mat had been flipped over and down on the ground were two pink roses. And I looked at, I was in such disbelief. I looked at them, I thought they were real. I scooped them up and they were just two silk pink roses, just the buds. And I scooped those up, I shut the door, I broke down and, um, and was just so grateful. What that taught me was, it doesn't matter what road you take. It doesn't matter. You can be Catholic, you can be a pagan, but she, at least this particular saint, doesn't care. She answered me and answered in such a big way that I, um, even if I don't follow Catholicism, I always talk about her when I know that the, ch the time is right. So to this day, I have those roses and, and it just so happened actually that that day was, it was the day after her, her novena, it was the 10th day. But that particular day was November 2nd, which is All Souls Day. And she is known as the savior of souls. I remember telling my dad, cause I was in such disbelief. And I told my dad, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why it's so, very physical. And I said, I'm not even a good Catholic dad. You know, I said, I grew up being a cafeteria Catholic. Uh, I walked away from it. And my dad basically just in support of me said, I, it doesn't matter, Ara, it doesn't matter. And all he told me was you, what I, what I want you to remember is to whom much is given much is expected. So do what's right. And he wanted me to talk to a priest and everything. And I was so hesitant, but I did end up talking to a priest and the priest basically told me, I wouldn't go stand out in the middle of the street on a podium and talking about your story. He said, however, you will know if you listen to your heart or you will know when to share that story. And when I share her story, which I've shared with a couple of friends who they were fighting cancer at the time. Um, I shared with them the novena and I basically just asked them, if you wanna pray, I'll pray with you. We'll do the novena together um, on our own. And at the end of their nine days, each of them got something from St. Therese, not with any of my like purchasing, you know, or anything. In fact, one of them who is my neighbor who lived across the street, she called me at work and she said, all right, I just want to thank you for the, um, for the little St. Therese statue. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, I got the package. She was this little old lady. She said, well, I got the package today. And she said, she's just so beautiful. And I said, Eloise, I didn't send you anything. And so she asked me, she said, well, if you didn't send it, who sent it? And I said, St. Therese did it. So, you know, um, it's those kinds of um, experiences that make me feel very um, dedicated to her despite walking away. Yeah. Another beautiful story from Ara, and I'm honored that she felt it was right to share it on my show for all of you. It's stories like these that reinforce my belief that spirituality is far more important than religion. 
If Ara had closed herself off to St. Therese because she had walked away from the church, she would have never had this experience. All of the details and rules of religion can sometimes get in the way of what can be a truly extraordinary connection to spirit. Finding light among the shadows doesn't necessarily mean finding the bright side or staying positive, because light versus shadow doesn't simply mean good versus bad. What's in the light is what we've chosen to show, and what's kept in the shadow is what we've been conditioned to hide. As a kid, I was conditioned to not express big feelings. Crying meant I was being difficult. Anger meant I was being disrespectful. Fear meant I was being ridiculous. And now that I'm older, I've realized that what draws me to horror and the paranormal is that it's all about expressing big feelings. These stories beg you to feel sad, angry, and scared. These stories provide a way for me to process my shadows in a safe way. To be human is to embrace all parts of you, especially the darkness. So whether you indulge in horror movies, communicate with the deceased, or venerate a saint, there are many ways to bring light to the shadows. How will you? Thank you for joining me today. How do you find light among the shadows? Send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash stories with Sapphire to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash Sapphire Sindalo, where I post an animated spooky story every other week. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sindalo. Music written by Sapphire Sindalo. Special thanks to Iva Trees and Ara. For more information on this episode, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>